Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas. I hope you and your family had a great Christmas day yesterday, and you're excited today to hear from the scriptures that's going to teach us more about this great gift that we have been given in Jesus. I'm away with Jackson and Lori to Lori's parents, but I'm so grateful that we can still gather like this, and I can still proclaim good news from God's word to you today, whether you're online or in the building Just so grateful you're here. So however you get your Bible, whether that's in an app or in book form, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to begin at verse 12. We've been in this series, All of Advent, where we're looking specifically at the New Testament letters and the ways that they're connected to the gift of Christmas. And so we're going to continue that series today. So however you get your Bible, whether in app form or book form, go ahead and find your way to Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to begin at verse 12. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of God for the people of God, and our response is, thanks be to God. Well, today, there is so much in this one short grouping of verses, there's no way that we'll get through all of that. It could be a series all by itself. So we're really going to focus on verses 12 through 15 today. But Christmas, you know, we talk a lot, and we look forward to, especially you kids, we look forward to gifts. And so I just had an idea today when I was thinking about gifts. What kind of gifts do you like to get? What are the gifts that you enjoy? Um, One of those things is I've got a, a nice box here that had a nice gift in it. I'm using the box again today as our example. But uh, how many of you love when you get a gift and you're all excited and you tear into it and you you have the, the papers and you begin to finally see what's inside and you love to get things? Now, kids, oh, 
Don't you just love to get something to play with? Here's a great example, an action figure, something you can uh, enjoy. Here's some kind of stormtrooper. I don't know this guy's name. I got this out of Jackson's uh, room. But uh, something you can play with. Or maybe, maybe you enjoy something like this, you know, some Legos, something you can spend just time putting together and once you're done with it you've got something fun to play with and just gives you hours and hours of entertainment but maybe there's something different than when you have the toy but how do you feel when you get this something different when you get that pair of socks you get something you can wear. There's something different uh, in the feeling. If you were like me when I was a kid, you were, yeah, you, you opened it up and you might say a quick thank you, but you put it down and you're hoping for the next thing that might be a toy. Because you see, when we're kids, we would rather get something that we can play with. But as we mature, we understand, we begin to understand the value of a gift that we can live in, that we can wear, that we can live into. And so today, when we begin to look at these verses of Scripture, we're going to begin to look at what happens as we mature into what Christ has given to us. And so if we were to continue our candle lighting theme like we did in Advent of peace and hope and love and joy... Um, and then the Christ candle of Christmas. Today, if we were to light a candle, we would light the candle of maturity. <laughs> this is the, uh, the theme of our day today. What does this look like to mature to where when we look at the gift, it's not just something we play with, but it's something that we live into. The great gift of Christmas, Emmanuel, has been given to us, but this new life is not to simply be played with. It's to be lived in. And so we're going to be looking at that today. And this really describes this Colossian church that, that uh, Paul is writing to. And I want to let you know just a little bit about the church of Colossae, way back in what is now modern-day Turkey. It was founded not by Paul, but by one of Paul's associates, a guy by the name of Epaphras. It's a great name. Uh, if there are any babies about to be born, maybe Epaphras, we can make that come back as a great name. But uh, Epaphras was visiting Paul, and Paul was in jail, and he was telling Paul about the church and how it was doing, and it was actually doing really well. This seems to be a theme, doesn't it? Uh, all these letters to churches that we've looked at, the church was doing well. It was surviving, and Paul always writes a letter to help them move into thriving or to maturing. And so Epaphras tells Paul, man, the church is doing really well, but it's really under a lot of pressure right now by the surrounding Roman culture of Colossae. And so Paul wants to write a letter. What were some of those pressures that they were feeling? Well, one of the uh, ways that they were feeling pressure was to really just make Jesus into one more of the pantheon of Greek gods and goddesses. So, you know, you would have um, Aphrodite or Zeus or, you know, some of those guys. And then Jesus, we would just add Jesus on and one more. There was that kind of pressure that they were coming under. The other kind of pressure they were coming under was was the pressure from more of the Jewish 
faith, where they were being tempted or pressured to see Jesus as, yeah, it opens the doors for you non-Jews, but really it opens the doors for you to become Jews. And so Jesus just becomes a way for you to follow all the rules that will please God. Now, maybe today some of those pressures feel the similar, feel similar to our American culture. Uh, or maybe to our evangelical culture. Let me give you an example. Maybe, maybe we feel the pressure now to get Jesus on our side of politics. Whichever side you happen to fall on, we want to grab a scripture verse here or say, Jesus really looks and, and lines up with my political system. And so he becomes, becomes one more way for us to win a political argument. Or maybe Jesus in that evangelical culture just becomes our ticket to get out of here and get to heaven someday. And so we, we feel some of those similar pressures to, to kind of play with Jesus, to get him to do the things that our cultures need him to do. But let me pause here for a second, because I don't want you to hear this as negative. Um, but do Jesus, should Jesus' teachings inform the way we vote? Of course. Does accepting Jesus open heaven up for us? Of course. But if we make that, that the main thing, to have Jesus be just a part of our political system, or Jesus is just my ticket out of heaven, then we really turn our faith into something to be played with instead of what it's meant to be. And that is something to be lived out and lived in our real world, to put on. And so we want to begin to look at this. And so Paul, back, way back when he's writing this letter to the Colossian church, he chooses a very memorable metaphor for the church in Colossae. He uses this metaphor of clothing themselves. Because Colossae was known for a red, deep red cloth that was manufactured there. That was their thing. And so Paul chooses this idea of clothing themselves so that it would be memorable. Because it was a part of their daily city life. It was a memorable gift of how they could know that they could, were called to live this gift of Jesus into their world. It made me think, I, I tried first of all thinking about, well, how would this work for the Kalamazoo Portage area? Maybe an example of a vaccine, or I don't know, would Paul use the example of beer uh, to try and get uh, an idea for if he was writing to the Kalamazoo church? I don't know, we'll leave that. I'm just going to go with his metaphor of clothing themselves with Christ. To, to clothe themselves in these things is how they live this out. So we'll stick with Paul's example. So first and foremost, Paul says, I want to jump to verse 15, the overarching thing, because he says, above all, clothe yourself in love. Now we saw this a couple of weeks ago, uh, or, or actually la yes, last Sunday morning. Clothe yourself in love agape, self-sacrificing love. This isn't just the love like I love pizza or I love my kid. This is, this is the I love my, my kid or my wife in a self-sacrificing way. It is the love that was displayed on the cross. 
where God gave his life, where Jesus gave his life for us. That's agape love. And Paul says, clothe yourself in this kind of love. So what does living the Jesus life, what does clothing ourselves in agape look like? And how does that happen? Let's look at this in terms of, some of your translations would say, put on instead of clothe. And so I'm going to walk us through putting on love, putting on agape. What does that look like? What does it mean when we're called to do this? Well, first of all, if you start at verse 12, it starts with God. You see, Paul writes there, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. This isn't something we can work ourselves up into. This is something that we are called to. We are God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Did you need to hear that as a gift today at Christmas time? Did you know that you, no matter who you are, you are loved by God deeply. And he chooses you and this God can make you holy. Clean up the inside and the outside. Begin to strengthen the weak areas. Work with you and bring you back into health. And he does this because he loves you and he has chosen you and he's given the gift of Jesus so that you can experience this. If you want to know how to begin to put on self-sacrificing love, if you want to begin to know how to put on or clothe yourself in the love of God, it starts with God's call to you on your life so that you would know that you're beloved, that you're chosen, and that God is working to make you holy. So we begin with this. This is not something you work yourself into. This starts with God doing something in you right to begin with. And then Paul goes on to, to give this list of words that really describes agape, that describes this self-sacrificing love. He uses words like compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience. This really describes what agape love, self-sacrificing love, is all about. And so we're going to go through those things, and I'm going to use this as an, an acronym, put on. We're going to look at each one, how this really works out. Now, first of all, I need you to understand something. I want to give you another example. That word for metaphor, which I, or that, that word for clothe yourself, which I'm not going to teach you today because we have a lot of other Greek words to learn. But that word for clothe literally has the understanding of sinking in to your clothes. And, and I got to thinking about that, sinking into your clothes. This is the time of year where we pull out the sweatshirts. How many of you have a sweatshirt that you just love? Now, this is one I got this summer because I, I knew, why would you buy a sweatshirt in the summer? Because I knew that it was about to move into the season we're entering now. It's a beautiful sweater. It's a pictured rocks. I got it up there on our vacation. But it's nice. It's thick. I bought it with extra sizes, you know, a couple of sizes too big. It's all wonderfully comfortable. And don't you just love that idea? Paul, I think, understood something. You know, you get one, a sweatshirt like this and you just 
oh, you just kind of, ah, you sink into it. This is how he wants us to understand when we're talking about this love. It's something not that you play with, but just something you sink into. And it just feels so good to just sink into those clothes. So maybe that's a good metaphor for you. If you've got a nice warm sweater on right now, maybe you just want to sink into that today. So what are the things that you're called to sink into when you're, uh, when you're clothed, being clothed, when you're putting on these words that Paul talks about? Well, that first one, and we're going to work our way uh, through these in a little bit different order so it fits. But I want us to look at that word patience. So that P and put on starts with patience. And the Greek word there is the word macrothumian. That's a fun word to say, isn't it? Why don't you want to say it with me? One, two, three, macrothumian. That's a fun word. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three, macrothumian. And of course, it means patience. But it has literally this understanding of patient endurance. So it's not just patience, like I can put up with this for a few minutes. You know, if a, you're, you know, say you're on a bus or somewhere and you're, you're just going to be on it for a few minutes and the kid behind you is a little fussy and you can put up with it. No, this is the 12 hour long flight and the kid behind you's ears are, are popping and he's uncomfortable and he's just crying. That's going to take macrothumian. That's going to take patient endurance. And Paul is saying, if we're going to live this faith out that, that God has chosen us for because he loves us and he's working something new in us, we're, we're called to sink into patient endurance as we live this out in our world. And if you're feeling the pressure from your culture, it's going to take more than just a few minutes of patience to get through it. No, it's, it's sinking into macrothumian. It's sinking in to patient endurance over the long haul. Next, we're called to, to this deep understanding. Now, that word isn't there, but uh, this is the, the word... Um, for, uh, that, that we're using for, uh, for humility, for humility. It's the word that's translated humility. And it's a tongue twister of a word. Are you ready for this word? It is the word tapai nofosunane. That is a, a long word. Tapai nofosunane. Tap I I'm not even going to have you to read this because it's just such a tongue twister. It's just fun to hear me try and twist my tongue over it, isn't it? Tap I And what does this word mean? It is a deep sense of one's own moral smallness. That means you you understand who you are. And so when you're patiently enduring with someone else, whether that's someone you know or someone you're just around on occasion, someone who's a family member, you have this, you can be humble, you can have a sense of humility around you when you know your own shortcomings, when you know where you struggle, where you have that deep sense of I'm a human being and I know that sometimes I mess up and make mistakes. And so if I can 
understand my own sense of moral smallness. It gives me an ability to have patient endurance with someone else's struggle. It's a beautiful thing that we're called to sink into, even though it may be a bit of a tongue twister. The next word, or that T in put on, so we had patience, endurance, we had understanding, and now we have tender heartedness. And this is really a combination of two words, and it's the word that's translated in English as compassion. But it's a, it's a fun phrase to say. It's the word splankna oiktirmu, splankna oiktirmu. It's two words, and it's a little tough to say, but maybe you want to try with me. Spelenkma oiktirmu. Ready? One, two, three. Spelenkma oiktirmu. We'll try it one more time because I got it wrong. Spelenkna oiktirmu. And spelenkna has this idea, it is really literally translated as your guts. Your guts. That this is not something that's just... Uh, something that comes out of this is just a compassion that's surface level, like, oh, you feel bad for somebody who's fallen or tripped. It is splankna oiktirmu. It is that gut level, deep compassion that you have. I remember maybe an example of this was we were, Lori and I were away and we were doing a work and witness trip. We were actually with uh, Habitat for Humanity in Northern Ireland. And we were working to build homes in a lower economic, socioeconomic area. And so we were there and we had everything set up and we had been working and I was there just a little bit late. And some of the kids had snuck through the fencing and there was literally a little kid in diapers running across a construction area where there was broken glass and they were barefooted. And I, and I saw them. This was more than just a, oh, man. But there was just a deep sense of compassion for this kid. I wanted to, to go over and say, no, no, no. You can't be on here. It's not safe. I had a deep spelenkna oiktermu for that person that was driving me to go over and, and to shepherd them out of the construction site. So when we're called to put this on, to have patience, to have understanding, we're called to have this tender heartedness that moves us to action. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to sink into this like a good sweatshirt that we love when we're called to put this on. The next letter in our put on is the letter O. And we're going to use the word openness here, even though in the Bible it's translated as kindness. It's the Greek word kreistotaita. Would you like to say that with me? We'll say it slowly. Kre, stot, I, ta. Put it all together. Kreistotaita. Ready? One, two, three. Christotaita. We'll say it one more time. Ready? One, two, three. Christotaita. And Christotaita is translated kindness, and it should be. But there is something about kindness that comes about when we are open to the other person. Whether we're open to their situation, whether we're open to what we're seeing in their life, kindness flows out of an openness, a willingness to share 
uh, that situation with them, to share our heart, to share our presence and our sense of being with that person is the idea of Christotaita. And this is something that Paul says if you're going to live into your faith, it's not just going to take patient endurance and understanding and tenderheartedness, but it's going to take an openness, a willingness to be present with that person. From the depth of who you are, you have to sink deep into Christotaita, into that kindness, that willingness to be with that person. And when you are open and present, it is often experienced as kindness. Lastly today is that, that letter N. And we're going to have two words there. No fear. It's going to take patient endurance. It's going to take understanding and tenderheartedness and openness. And to do this with no fear. That's the word gentleness. The word in scripture is translated as gentleness. But I want you to hear this because you're going to see why is no fear? I don't think of no fear and gentle in the same phrase. But the word that is translated as gentleness is the word protata. Not potato, protata. Let's say that together slowly. Protata. Ready? One, two, three. Protata. Say it one more time. One, two, three. Protata. I'm giving you the gift of a good Greek lesson here at Christmas time. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Protata. Now, why would I say no fear when the protata means gentleness? Because protata literally means God-given gentle strength. In English, the word gentle often connotates as weak or they're just gentle. They're mild. We don't often think of gentleness in terms of strength. But protata means that, first of all, it is this something that is God-given. But it is a strength that is presented when it is lived out in the world. It, it is a deep strength that is shown in gentleness. Maybe you think of, we often think of gentle giants. It has that understanding. Protata has this idea of God-given gentle strength. Isn't this a beautiful way to, to show what self-sacrificing love, that agape love, is all about? That when you experience that kind of love that is self-sacrificing, it often takes the form of patient endurance, of understanding a humility, of someone who understands their own weakness and is willing to be with you tenderheartedly, to be open and kind and to have no fear, to be just gentle, but there's a strength to their presence. Do you see why Paul says, if we're not just going to play with faith, but we're going to live out our faith, it's going to call us to sink deeply into patient endurance, understanding, tender-hearted openness that's no fear that's just filled with gentleness this you may be thinking is is kind of a tall order but remember this is something that comes from god so this christmas 
There's one more gift. Are you ready to open it? I guess that's the question that we begin with on this day after Christmas. Are you just going to play at faith? Or are you going to open the gift and put on, clothe yourself, sink deeply into that comfy sweatshirt of patient endurance, understanding, let God give you a tender heart and give you some openness and that gentle strength that will cause you to have no fear as you live out this faith, regardless of the cultural pressures that are all around you. Would you like to live into that this year? If so, then I'm going to say the words of Paul to you. Put on patient endurance, understanding, tender-heartedness, openness, and have no fear. Be that gentle strength. God can do that in you as you live into his call to know you're beloved, you're chosen, and that he can make you holy and healthy inside. What a great gift that would be if as one body, as one church, we would really live into, put on, and sink deeply into this love that we have received and are now called to live out into our world. What a great encouragement from Paul to us in this Christmas letter today. Would you stand right where you are as we pray and close today? God, we're so grateful for Paul's Christmas letter to us. The call to maturity. The call not to just play at our faith or play with our faith, but to truly live into it, to put it on and to sink deep into it like a good sweatshirt, to live out the love we saw in Jesus, that sacrificial agape love. I pray that in this year, you would help us to receive the gift of being called the beloved, of being chosen, of being made holy deep into the core of who we are. I pray that you would call us to be a church that lives and sinks deeply into patient endurance with others. To live out understanding, to be humble, to understand our own weaknesses and that you're still calling us. So that we can live tenderheartedly and open in kindness to others. That we would receive that gentle strength that lives with no fear. Help us to receive this today and to put that into practice, to sink deeply into what you've called us to. For we have received the great gift of the one who embodied this perfectly. And it's in his name we pray all these things. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you receive this blessing? I do this every Sunday. It never gets old. It's my favorite part of the service to send you out with a blessing. And now, my brothers and sisters online and right there in the sanctuary, I pray you would receive 
the great challenge and the great gift of being called the beloved. I pray that you would recognize that you have been chosen and you can be made holy through Jesus Christ. I pray that we as a church body together would sink deep into patient endurance, into understanding humility, into tenderheartedness and openness and kindness, that we would receive that gentle strength and live out our faith in our world. I pray this in the name of the God, the Father who is for us, the Son who is with us, and the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. Merry Christmas, my friends. I'll see you next week. I send you out with blessing and hope, and I pray you'd live out your faith this week and always. Go in peace and in his name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3nas.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website.